0: Welcome to another episode of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Sessa, your host, and on today's pod, we're going to dive into L3 versus the US, the Nations League semis, Mexico's busy summer that includes the Gold Cup as well, and much, much more. Joining me, like usual, is Lizzie, who is now back on CONCACAF Duty after living it up, covering uh the, the Champions League final over the weekend. Lizzie, how are you doing? How was your how was your trip?
1: I'm good. It was an exciting trip. Um, as a Liverpool fan, it kind of hurt to watch Manchester City lift that trophy, but they have won. We have more. Um, nevertheless, we move on. And now, very excited to be back on Conga Cap duty. Love them were, dearly.
0: Were you wearing your Liverpool jersey in the press box? Were you? Then, were uh, you? Uh, are just just all decked out in all red uh, in, exactly, in the press
1: that's box? That's exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. <laughs> um, no, I. I Secretly rooting for Inter Milan there. I think their fans deserved it. They didn't stop. Whereas like Manchester City fans were paralyzed the majority of the game. So I was I was dark blue and black.
0: Yes. Did I Perfect. I haven't told I haven't told you, and I think listeners like or longtime listeners of the Mexican soccer show will know that um I learn on the first ever game, it was either the first or second game I've ever covered as a journalist, this was back in, oh man, I'm getting old. This is back in, <laughs> 2013, back in 2013, actually over here in San Diego. Um, this is before I lived in San Diego and I was living in Northern California, but I wanted to cover a game in San Diego, um, but it was a Mexico game. Um, and I was like, cool. I'm like, I'm covering the game for my blog. So I'm just going to wear my Mexico Jersey. And I try going into the press box and someone stops me like, what do you, you can't wear your Mexico <laughs> Jersey. So, so then, um, my dad drove me because I was a child, and then so I had so me and my dad we switched shirts, so he wore my Mexico jersey and I wore his shirt. So my I had I wore this. It was like the first or second game I've ever covered, um, and I was wearing like an oversized, like l- like large, like polo, <laughs> like in the press box and just like the shirt that was like way too big for me, and uh, it was very embarrassing. Uh, I love
1: yeah. that story. Um, your dad's a hero, MVP. That is so cute. <laughs> uh,
0: you could say, I, you, you'll, you'll take it as cute. I'll, uh, I feel even just embarrassing, I, like just embarrassed, like thinking about that now and just being like, nope, this is the this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, I do is. not like this, this is not fun.
1: <laughs> no, I feel like those are like one of the, like, the character stories that you hear for journalism. Like this is how I started and look at where I am now. That's yeah. growth.
0: Anywho, yeah, I learned early on not to wear new jerseys uh, to avoid
1: um, black, white, green, and red. Now to Mexico.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although some and people, you'll still you'll still see some people wearing like gear like uh, in press boxes. But anywho, p- listeners don't care about that. What the listeners care about is the Nations League, Lizzie. The Nations League, Lizzie. That's a that's, that's fun right there. So, Lizzie, your thoughts. On this upcoming semifinal between Mexico and the United States, obviously we know a lot that's uh, at stake here. The U.S. has the Nations League title. The, Na- the U.S. has the Gold Cup title as well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mexico, they're trying to fight their way back. They're trying to regain that respect and a huge game uh, for them tomorrow. So your, your thoughts on this, uh, on this upcoming match?
1: I think you just said it. It's a huge game tomorrow. The pressure is on. I think it's... Goga's first chance at bat, really, in a competitive setting and one that counts for something, it's a little nerve-wracking. I think I don't want to say it's 50-50 here because I do, to a certain extent, think Mexico has a slight edge, but I do think the U.S. men's national team will complicate things. I don't think either team is going easy on one another. It's a rivalry for a reason expectations however from mexico side are high i think there's less of an expectation on the u.s men's national team just because they have so much to fall back on whether that may be yeah. the internal mess going on in um the u.s soccer federation the interim manager the co- the constant coaching staff changes i mean
0: yeah the interim to the interim uh. yeah
1: um we know bj callahan who's replacing Anthony Hudson at the, in terms of the interim, um, he, he said he was off duty and he received a phone call of whether or not he wanted to take charge. And he just said, let's go for it. So obviously the U S men's national team have that to fall back on. And on the fact that they have not yet started their planning and working towards 2026, but still in the building phase where Mexico is not, Mexico has established their coach starting to establish a system still obviously undergoing changes as we introduce this generational change and trying out players here and there. But Mexico do have more to prove and less to fall back on, whereas the United States, I don't know. I don't want to say has nothing to lose because obviously there is right. integrity and, and this rivalry, but but I, I, I think it's a lose-lose for Mexico.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really tough for, for all three. So, you know, it's good to mention there what's happening behind the scenes, like you said, with the U.S. where they had their interim Anthony Hudson take over in January. And then he stepped down. Then you had B.J. Callahan step in uh, last month. So he's had essentially just a couple weeks uh, for for the U.S. Uh, to prep here. Although I, uh, I will say Brendan Aronson, uh in a press conference recently, I th- actually was just yesterday, um, said that he feels like nothing has changed uh, too much, that essentially... Um, it's, it's it's the same setup because BJ Callahan has been the assistant for what four years now. so yeah. um, so I think that it, that is interesting uh, to know actually I have the quote here He says um, he knows how we want to play. He knows that uh, the players that we have, not much has changed. So take take that you know what you will. But L3, yes, there is more more of a concrete plan there. Yes, there is a more, I, mean, I want to say longevity, but it's funny, but it's only, you know, Coco's only been around since February. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> but the, it's also crazy.
0: But at the same time, it feels like, for obvious reasons, because he's just been there since February, it feels like he's still trying to build things. He's still trying to lay down a good foundation here uh, for all 3 And this is also the L3 side, so as opposed to the U.S., who are sending their best players to the Nations League and then yeah. sending uh, an MLS-heavy roster for for the Gold Cup, Mexico is going all in on both tournaments for obvious reasons, because they don't have titles for, (laughs) for higher tournaments. So Mexico is going all in and we'll see what the starting 11 looks like tomorrow for Mexico, because um, reports earlier from today said that Alexis Vega is a doubt, Sebastian uh, Cordova he's also a doubt. So I, I, I would say it's 50, 50, not, not Mexico with a slight advantage. Um, I, I, I could, I could understand it because yes, there's, quality for the US men's national team but some of those players aren't at the best level and I say and I think some of the the Mexican players are a little bit at a better level but I do worry a little bit if I'm thinking about a potential starting 11 that there is no Vega that there is no Cordoba do you you feel a little worried about that too or do you think that other players could step up easily in their in their spots
1: um I think more so I'm concerned about Sebastián Córdova. Alexis Vega, I personally didn't want to see in that starting 11 anyway. Ooh, so okay. I'm quite all right with that. Um, Córdova, I think given the momentum of that like ending to the clausura, winning the title and going into it, he's just been on fire recently. So to see him be mm. questionable is is disappointing. I think we all just wanted to see him keep going and test that on a national team level. But hopefully, and in my opinion, I think um, Ossiel Herrera from Atlas steps up and takes that position. And I think that would be great. I think he's quick. He's great on the ball. Um, likely to drive U.S. men's national team defenders crazy. Um, not too much research on him either in the, men's, in the Mexican national yeah. team because it just hasn't happened. So, I don't know. I think he could be a great wild factor in an otherwise safe and secure lineup. I don't know. I think you need a little bit of spice there. You did mention yeah. the fact that um, Mexico obviously is going all in for gold cup and nations league, whereas the U S men's national team are not. I kind of agree with what Mexico are doing personally. Okay. Okay. I understand where the U S men's national team is coming from, but in my Humble opinion. I don't know. I think these concap tournaments are there for a reason. And if you won't use them to understand your players, test lineups, and with the players that you're actually thinking for in the future, what's the point of this? And what's the point of these competitive matches? You might as well just play friendlies in every FIFA window and just grab here and there. And you will have those opportunities where Diego Coca will call a Liga MX based roster to play against I don't know, Honduras or Germany or Spain in the upcoming windows, and he'll have that same opportunity that the U.S. men's national team is taking for Gold Cup. But I think having all-player pool available, which, again, very rare, having everyone available, concentrated in a moment is a luxury for Diego Coca, which I think he's taking advantage of, and I personally applaud that. Whether he uses, like, 100% lineups that he would use in the future and totally plan A, obviously up to him. But these are, I don't know. I think this is for testing. This is for experimenting. This is for trying out new things, players here and there. That's why I mentioned OCL this is what this is here for. And I think that's something that last cycle we complained about with Data Martino is the fact that we got to the World Cup not having tested out other formats because he used yep. the same lineup in every single competition and he didn't utilize these competitions like Gold Cup and Nations like, for what they actually were, which is obviously if you win and the pressure is on winning. But FMF has said we're not trying to fire the coca guy if he doesn't win a trophy right away giving him leeway for experimentation.
0: Yeah, I know. So, you know, Jesus Martinez, uh, for president of Grupo Pachuca, he did criticize Coca uh, recently for not using the better players of friendlies. And he said that they're going to evaluate Coca. But what I will say is more important is that, uh, as you mentioned there, you know, when you recently, the FMF, so Ivar uh, Cisniegas uh, who's the new uh, executive president of the FMF, on Monday, he said that we're starting a process. And he said that the objective isn't right now, it's the 2026 World Cup. Exactly. So so I think that does give, even though it is Mexican soccer, and it is FMF, and if, and if Coca does stumble and if he does have some pretty bad results, it wouldn't shock me <laughs> if he's suddenly on the hot seat and if he were to get fired. But I think what we do have to take for face value is, is what the new executive president said, and he's saying that the objective is now. It's the 2026 World Cup. Um, that was also recently, it's very confusing uh, for those who aren't keeping track. So, Juan Carlos Rodriguez, he was elected as a new FMF president last month, and then most recently this week, he transitioned over to the commissioner president role in a, another restructuring of the FMF, and part of that restructuring is that Cisniega is now the executive president of the FMF. It's, it's, wild. it's, it's confusing.
1: It's a wild ride. It's,
0: it's confusing. It's very confusing. But anywho, but yes, um. I actually, what were you just talking about? There, <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot. Because I had to, I was talking about the restructuring of that and I completely forgot. About it.
1: <laughs> this is this is why I love the show. Um, gold Cup, Gold Cup roster A, roster B. Oh yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah,
0: yeah yes. Yeah, I think I think the thing is is that my worry with Mexico, and I, I agree with what you said there. That I think that if I was Coca. I would use my best roster for the Nations League for the Gold Cup. I think what I would do, and hopefully we'll see this, is you use your best players in the Nations League, and then in the group stage, you can experiment a little bit. You can try out you know, some different formations, maybe can you bring in a, you know, out some of those subs. But I, I think that's what I would ideally do. But imagine a situation, and because it, this isn't out of the question, in which Mexico loses the loses the nations league, which they could easily do, and then they end up getting third place or fourth place, um, and then they don't get the gold cup, and they lose to a U.S. side, or perhaps don't even make it to the final against a U.S. side that has an MLS-heavy roster. That's not out of the question. That's a that's a possibility, yeah. and that would, and I know I know it's easy just to think of a negative scenario, but that is a a, a decent possibility, and I would worry a lot about coca um and his long-term future not saying short short-term future because i think he'd be given a little bit more time but i think he would definitely then be on the hot scene i would worry a lot about all three
1: i think it's a possibility but at the same time i think i'm as opposed to uh, i'm sure a lot of people um i'm taking these tournaments primarily as a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. let's say you do lose against an MLS heavy roster. What are you learning from that? Where did you go wrong? How can you improve? I think this is also an opportunity to be exposed to new styles, new players, new tactics, because obviously the style of play is different once you have an European based roster against an MLS net, um, based roster, because things are a little bit different, obviously in, in different leagues. So that exposure, I think it's something necessary to Mexico in particular as we look to venture out of CONCACAF, I think we've been so sheltered in our bubble when it comes to these tournaments, especially as yeah. well are qualifying. Gold Cup, Nations League, it's all the same teams and friendlies I tend not to count as these learning experiences just because you mm-hmm. don't have your um, first roster there. So let's say Mexico loses against the United States in Gold Cup in the final. Obviously an MLS-based um, roster wins. How and what did that roster expose from your team? What are you Mm -hmm. learning? What are you fixing? Mm -hmm. Because, again, I think the Gold Cup and Nations League, it's a lose-lose trophy. If you lose, obviously, how unfortunate, the criticism, the pressure. If you win, that's what you had to do. It's a stupid trophy anyway. Mexico has to (laughs) win it. It's the exact same criticism. So for me, I think what lessons can you take away from both of these tournaments that will then strengthen your roster when it comes time for Copa America next year, when it comes time to, for 2026. I mean, what under Tata Martino, we, we won things. And what did that get us? Nothing, absolutely anything, nothing.
0: So with that in mind, who is the one or two players are you keep keeping an eye on this week? Because if this is all a learning process, if this is all, you know, an opportunity for you know Coca and for all of us to learn a little bit more about our uh, about the players. Who are you keeping an eye on um, this week and in the, in the Nations League?
1: I think a couple. Um, I want to start out with Julián Eljo. We've yeah. seen him in the past, but we haven't seen him post move to Barcelona and what he's gained from the training sessions there. We we know he hasn't um, done his professional debut abroad. However, obviously there comes information to learn with. Training day in and day out under Xavi and with Gabi and just so many other talents, it exposes you to new circumstances. So I'm excited to see what he's capable of. I think it's definitely interesting to see some sort of a hierarchy forming in that position and Julian Araujo taking the lead there. So I'm interested to see what he brings to the table. He was great before, but sloppy mm-hmm. with some mistakes. So I wonder if that's changed. Also, Osiel Herrera, I know I mentioned him yep. before, but I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table. I think he's a unique talent and not so much in that same Mexican national ta- Mexican national player typical box. Um, I think he brings something unique. And obviously, I mean, this is no shocker, but Santi Jimenez. Yeah. Just fascinating to watch. You want to see the momentum and what he can deliver with the Mexican national team, given the situation.
0: Oh, 100% Santi Jimenez. He's going to be, well, I say more than likely, according to reports. Henry Martin, it's, it's still up in the air. And Henry Martin might be getting the starting spot tomorrow. So that's something to keep an eye on. But nonetheless, he is still, you know, one one of the most exciting Mexican players out there, if not the most exciting Mexican player, especially when you look at the, the, the Mexicans abroad. So hopefully he does get the start in the game tomorrow. I agree with Ozil Herrera, too, because, you know, when you think about El 3 especially in games like these against the U.S., in recent years, Mexico has a little looked a little bit slower, looked a little yeah. bit more static, looked a little more predictable. And I think someone who could really mix things up is Ozil Herrera. And I yeah. think that he's impressed when he has had his limited opportunities with Mexico. I think he's impressed when he, um, when he has been uh, out on the field for Atlas. Obviously, there's a player that Coca knows as well. So hopefully he gets an opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I agree with that, alcohol, Too, I'm basically just agreeing with everything. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> well, I'll actually I'll bring up a debate. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Go for it.
1: Personally, I think we might agree on this as well. But okay. Yeah, you know, we can be surprised. Um, osiel versus Alexis Vega. You mentioned speed and the fact that we've looked slow. I think Alexis Vega is exactly what I mean by the Mexican national team player mold. I think at the 60th minute he gives out, but. Obviously, barring injuries, and I'm not counting that, but in general, we've seen him with us, and he tops out at the 60th minute mark when it comes to physicality and just, um, just mold there. So if he was fit, mm-hmm. who would you rather see?
0: I think Alexis, because... Really? I mean, I think you, you put it right there. I think that I would give him at least 45 minutes, and hmm. if he... And if, he, and if he didn't perform at the level that I would expect of him, then I would then put in Oziel. I'm saying that because I think Alexis is still a better. He's a more well-rounded player in the attack than okay. Oziel. Um, I think Oziel is probably a little bit more creative, probably has... Uh, not probably, but is more, uh, has more speed than, than Alexis Vega. But I feel like Alexis is still a better finisher. He's still someone who has a little bit of the talents of someone who could be a second striker. Okay. So I think... I would give him the start, but he would potentially be one of my first subs if he wasn't okay. performing well. So I think if, if, if healthy, if fit, it would be Alexis Vega and then Oziel uh, off the bench. But here's the other thing, too, though. Even though there are doubts about Alexis Vega, I think that there's a possibility that what Coca is going to do is that he's just going to move Antuna, the left wing, and then you have, Orbele. I'm not saying that's what I, 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 I'm just saying that like, you know, Antuna, he, 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 you know, if we're talking about pace, if we're talking about someone who can provide a little bit of energy, I, I, I think Antuna could potentially be that guy. Yes, sometimes it feels like he's running in a straight line when he has the ball maybe doesn't have a little bit of the creativity that we want, but yeah. I, I, I think he could potentially be that player. I think he could play on either wing. And I would, I'm not saying this is what I would do once again. I want to be surprised if, if Coca goes with Orbelin on the right and Antuna on the left.
1: I understand that. I think part of me just wants to see Ocel get that um, starting position. I kind of appreciate the raw talent. I don't know. I think we've been, with Mexico in particular, so straightforward, always with that same formula, I guess. And yeah. they, Alexis Vega, Andura, they fit that same mold to me. Right. So I, even if Osiel fails, like, again, I'll take it, and I understand there's still a lot of work to be done. But I I, I don't know. I want to see something different and what that can create. Mind you, I think if Sebastián Córdova was healthy, I think I would take him on the left and Ordelino on the right, and that would be also quite exciting. Um, right. I didn't even mention Córdova and his health, but... I understand why he'd go Antuna. I just think Osiero is unpredictable. I don't know.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Lizzie, with yes. all that in mind, yes. What's your What's your prediction? What do you think line-up. is going to happen tomorrow? What do you, What do you? Oh yeah. Do, oh, do you want to? Wanna... Okay.
1: Line up or score because both hmm. are
0: not Let's 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 go with lineup first.
1: Okay. Um. This is what I would like. Um, okay. Memochoa goal. Julian Araujo. Johan, Israel Reyes Montes, Gerardo Artiaga, Edson and Chavez, Orbelin, Santi, Ociel Herrera.
0: I have something let's see, because I have I have Ochoa too. Okay. I have Araujo. Okay. I have Reyes Montes and I think Victor Guzman actually is who really? I, I would have there. Yeah. You yeah. Have I I, I I, I don't know I, I I think
1: that
0: I think that Guzman and I, I think it's easy to look at someone like johan who I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he's you know done poorly when I have like co- like glimpses of him like playing Europe I think he's done a decent job I just trust Victor Guzman a little bit more I think he is a player who could, has a capability to go to europe too um mm-hmm. so I, I I think that he's overlooked a little bit and I think that he's done a decent job with Rayalo. so I would have him um it's going to be a controversial statement here. I would have Gallardo over Arteaga at left back, just because I think Gallardo. He's he's had a decent season. He's looked good, actually. When I have when I have watched out, like he's been he's been he's been fine. He's he's been. I, 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 I don't know. I think I think I want to in in this in this Mexico team that's in a transition right now that's changing through different players i mean i mean look at the the lineup we just mentioned that back line i know like you know you're gonna have you know reyes you know araujo you know yeah. either johan or like or victor guzman you know that's like these are still kind of like players who are a little bit you know more new to the scene and not exactly yeah. veteran players um even cesar montes i know he's been there for a while but you know he's not a hector moreno
1: i know but the only, the only reason i would I understand your Victor Luzman comment, and I like it. The only reason I wouldn't use him as a starter in this game in particular is because I think Johan's stature works well against the U.S. men's national team when talking about physicality. Um, Obviously, we know when comparing Mexico against the United States, then they tend to be a little larger and taller. So I think that's the only – I understand your point, and I like it, but I would apply it to another team.
0: At the same time, too, I'm thinking because I even, I, because I, I, I want, I want Coca to to use this like five man backline slash three man backline, yeah. but the U.S. is probably going to use just one striker, so I don't think we necessarily necessarily need all three of the central defenders to be big tall guys. And I think Gallardo I think is, Ga- and up. I I, th- I think Gallardo is also like he he he's good in the air. Gallardo can like help like compensate for a little bit of that too. But anywho. But anyway, for the rest of the rest of the 11, I would go for, yeah, Orbelin uh, on the right. I would go for, yeah, Edson, Luis Chavez in the middle, uh, Oziel uh, on the left, and then San, uh, Santi up top. Um, All right, so look,
1: after, after that um, back line, we really disagree on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, my prediction I think that the US wins this two to one. I think that they're. D- despite what's happening behind the scenes, I think their 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 individual talent um, has enough to to narrowly push them past L3. I know it was very, very controversial for Ricardo Beppi to recently say that that the US has more quality. And you know what? You, yeah, I know there's a Mexican soccer show, um, uh, but I, I think that the U.S. When you look at those players right there, you know, when you look at a potential eleven that has a Gio Reyna, that has a, you know, a Balogun, a, a Pulisic, a Bekeni, a Musa like I think there there is more more quality there. Yes, the players aren't in in, in the best run of form, which is why I think it's still fifty fifty, and Mexico has a fighting chance here. Um, but I think the U.S. wins it two to one.
1: Interesting. I'm gonna go um, in regular time. only because of Balagún. Okay. Because in that same sense that I said about Ossie Herrera, I think he's unpredictable. I don't think we've seen him in a national team setting because there hasn't been one. So Mexico don't necessarily know what to expect. And he's flashy. But when speaking about just the quality, and it's not that I want to defend the Mexican national team, I just think it's important... When looking at contexts like Brennan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, they were all relegated. Peppy relegated. Yeah. And just everyone's struggling. Christian Pulisic is not playing. Like, uh, he's
0: been struggling, yeah.
1: He's not playing. Gio Reyna, great. Not playing. So they might all be in like better-ranked European teams, but they're simply not playing. Whereas like you see Asante leading Feyenoord, to the title against an Ajax and a PSV, you see its own obviously thriving with an Ajax, a struggling Ajax, but saving them in in whatever shape, way or form. Um, You see Mammal saving in Serie A. So I don't know when thinking about like, yes, they might be in worse teams or worse. They're just doing so much better in the moment. So it becomes a question of better team not playing Middle team playing well and is a star, so I think with, with the exception, obviously of Baduun, who I don't want to say is a product of the U.S. men's national team, I just think they were great, great speakers within that team.
0: <laughs> Wait, so you said it went? You didn't give me an actual answer. You said it go two to two in regulation time, and then it goes to extra know time. know
1: Mexico in penalties.
0: Mexico in penalties. All right. Yeah. Who scores who scores a game winner?
1: Oh my god, I don't know. I'm gonna it's I hope so. No, actually oh, no, god. I'm gonna go Santi because he missed a penalty before.
0: Um just 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 for just for the lulls, just for the memes. I hope it would be Gallardo. How amazing would that be? It was, it was Gallardo. <laughs> the game winning penalty. <laughs> oh my
1: god, I can't even imagine what my heart rate would be at that point of seeing like Gallardo step up to that the position. Yeah, I'd rather avoid a heart attack at that point. So I, I don't know.
0: This. <laughs> all right, so now let's look ahead to just Mexico's you know, general you know, summer because they're not just taking part in the Nations League. They're taking part in the Gold Cup as well. We already talked a little bit there about Coca, if it was the right call for him to utilize all of his best players. It seems like you and I were in agreement with that. But for you, Lizzie, yes. what would be a success for Mexico and for Coca this summer? Does it have to be two titles? Is it just one title or is it a mixture of, you know, like you were saying that, is it one title and a good performance in the other game in the other tournament? Is it could it success be narrowly missing out on both, but still having good performances? I don't know. What what would be a success for you?
1: I think my priority is good performances and seeing new figures. We've okay. we've spoken lots about that generational change and we've seen it reflected in that in the roster. We obviously don't have several figures. HH, Moreno, obviously all the goalkeepers. I want to see that become a success now with these new veterans. I mean, with these new figures and not depending on the veterans. To me, that would be an initial step towards success. It's exciting yeah. not to have to depend on the same figures. Obviously, Guardado retired and it wasn't um, a choice by Diego Coca, but Seeing that there's a future, a light at the end of the tunnel where we've struggled to depend on the same, same format and figures and players. And, you know, so a good performance with new figures would give me hope, reassurance, and to me, some sort of satisfaction. Obviously, I think that goes hand in hand with a trophy. I think one in particular I would be completely satisfied with. But thinking of the circumstances, I think it all depends. The winning and losing of silverware, I think, depends on the circumstances. You can play a phenomenal game and lose 1-0. Right. And you can play badly and win 1-0. So to me, I think it's much more about what we see on the field than the actual result. I know people will disagree with me because silverware is shiny. But I just I really want to see the Okoga system – function well for the first time in a competitive setting
0: if you if you ever have kids you're gonna be like such a good parent Uh, you'll be like (laughs) you're gonna be like no like honey don't worry about like winning the championship like you you had fun and you played well and that's and that's what matters because that is actually what matters but and i agree with everything that you just said there but you need to i think Mexico needs to win at least one title this summer, it doesn't matter if it's a Gold Cup, doesn't matter if it's the Nations League. You know, Mexico—they're—they're they're currently in the shadow of the U.S. Men's National Team, and I think that that's—that's that's the truth when you look at the development of American soccer right now. At least, I should say, on the men's side, when you look at the number of players in Europe, when you look at the actual titles uh, and recent success. You know, Mexico—what they haven't won uh, a Concacaf title since 2015, 2000. No, they've only had 2019, and that was the only one since yeah. what? Since like 2016. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Mexico needs at least one title here. Uh, I'm gonna be the strict parent here. You're the nice parent who's just like, oh, you know, you good combat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'll and I'll be the more strict parent. Be like, that's 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 all you know, good and fun. But like, there needs to be at least one. Um, yeah, there needs to be at least one. And especially, especially if Mexico don't win the Nations League, then it is imperative. It is incredibly important for them to win the gold cup because yes, I you know I could say all I want about oh you know the US roster they're you know they have good quality they have players in Europe you know but with the Mexico roster that is currently available and the MLS heavy roster that's going to be in the gold cup there's no reason why Mexico should 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 not be winning that especially if they don't win the Nations League. Yes maybe if you win the Nations League maybe you experiment a little bit more in the Gold Cup maybe It isn't such a necessity to win the Gold Cup. But I think if you don't win the Nations League, then Mexico has to win it. Coca has to win it. And I think that leads to my next question, that what happens if Mexico don't win anything? What happened like, do you think that Coca should therefore be, or you're going to say no, because you just explained why he wouldn't be, but do you think he would be on the hot seat? Because I think he would definitely be on the hot seat if he doesn't win anything.
1: Yeah, he definitely would be on the hot seat. Um, I think context would be important to see how we lose and in in what way. But I think, nonetheless, there would be criticism and conversations to be had. Definitely. I, I mean, if in an ideal world, I think I hope Mexico win the Nations League to have one that pressure relieved and For Goga to be able to comfortably experiment during Gold Cup. Because as Judy just said, if if Mexico don't win the Nations League, um, the pressure is on and you have to win Gold Cup. Which, personally, I think they will. I think they have enough talent. I think Goga is smart enough to out-coach BJ Callahan when it comes to an MLS-heavy roster. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously not throwing shade on MLS. I cover it. I understand (laughs) it. I love it. But obviously when comparing um, talent and everything to that extent, I do think Mexico are going to win the gold cup. I just hope it's done in a more comfortable setting and not in a we must situation. Um, So I think they will nations league. Yeah. I just, I I hope they, they win that first and just get it out of the way, get the pressure out. And it's a, it's a hard one. Nations league will be a hard one, but yes, if, if nothing is won and nothing is to show for what happened on field then conversations will be had
0: and let's not ignore Canada or Panama either because it's easy to only talk about and like oh will it be Mexico or the U.S. will it be U.S. or Mexico but like you know either Canada or Panama will, will be qualifying for the final it's not a guarantee that whoever wins tomorrow between Mexico and the U.S. is going to win the Nations League title you know we've 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 there, there's more parity these days in CONCACAFs. So let's not ignore Canada, let's not ignore Panama. And then when the Gold Cup starts, let's not ignore Salvador, it's not let's not ignore Honduras, Jamaica, there's Costa Rica. That I I think the teams are getting better little by little in the CONCACAF region. So we can't ignore them either. And <laughs> as a Mexico fan, as as obviously I want them to succeed, but there's also a small part of me that would absolutely love it if like Panama won the Nations League, and then like El Salvador won the Gold Cup. How cool would yeah, that be? Come on, come on, come on, come on! Wouldn't that <laughs> be nice? Come it on.
1: Pressure's off. Um, 100%. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think as long as the US don't <laughs> win it, like the pressure is, you know, at least we can bond over that. <laughs> All
0: right, we got about like probably like five, 10 minutes left here because uh, uh we gotta, I gotta catch Mexico's press conference. Um, probably should have recorded the show after the press conference, but, you know, I got, I got to live my life as well. So I got to, I don't know, can't, can't record the pod late. And then it'd be like, it'd be like two in the morning where Lizzie's at um, in, in Miami. Um, so that would have been too late for her. But anyway, let's talk about Chicharito because he was in the news recently, sadly. Um, so he, he uh, suffered an ACL injury in his right knee uh, recently. And that's what the Galaxy announced last Friday. Um, He's set to miss the remainder of the season. He's going to undergo surgery and it's I I, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on this? Because this is what the last year of his contract with the galaxy Chicharito is 35. He's going to be out for quite some time. It's he, he could have, this could potentially be the end of his time with the galaxy and you do wonder about his career as well. I think maybe it's a little, still still a little too early to say that, but I don't know. I, I feel a little worried about Chitarita you know.
1: I do as well. I think, I do think it's a career ending injury given the situation and his age and just at the point of where he is in his career. It's sad. Obviously it's disappointing to see his run end in this way, given the extreme highs of what he was able to accomplish and And it would be great to look back and and obviously with a trophy at um, LA Galaxy or even just a decent season run and have it be a voluntary retire. I think that's often taken for granted, how many players are able to voluntarily decide when to end their career. I don't think he was given that privilege and that luxury. I think it's over for him. It would be smart for it to be over for him. Yeah whether or not he actually um, chooses to retire after coming back from this injury and says goodbye is still obviously up in the air. And we don't know what he's thinking or what he will be thinking in a year from now. Um, yes. I'm sure other MLS teams would be happy to take him on um, whether that may be the Colorado Rapids, real Salt Lake any any of those mid-table teams within each conference I don't yeah. think he stays with the Galaxy unfortunately I just think that team is way too under pressure to have it be a charity case but yeah I think sadly it it should be over it should be commemorated but it it should be over and it's extremely sad
0: my cuz all signs of pointing that the Galaxy are just not going to renew his contract to yeah. extend that anymore my hope is that he goes back. So once he's recuperated, even if it's a, sh- a short-term deal, even if it's just six months, that at least he gets uh, some time with Chivas because you know that's his, you know, his like one true love. <laughs> his, yeah. He's talked about it. He's talked about it, you know, countless countless times, like in his career, about how important Chivas is to him. So my hope is that if there isn't a future with the Galaxy, and yeah, he could go to another MLS team, but I just don't know if they'd be willing to, you know, pay the salary that he would want. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine maybe a, like a Rapids, you know, uh, doing that. But my hope is that it would be maybe something like Chivas where he could potentially have a, like a you know, a good end to his career and maybe even have, a, you know, a goodbye game for L3 too, because I think that's something he deserves as well. Cause that's something that I hope happens before Chicharita retires. Once again, he hasn't retired yet. You know, he, he could come back next year. You never know, but I am a little bummed out that he hasn't had a chance to, I don't know, say goodbye to Altri just yet because it looks like, you know, Mexico has, has has moved on from him in recent years, and I really hope he's given that opportunity as well. So ho- ho- hopefully that happens and, you know, best of luck to Chicharito and best of luck to his recovery because it's, yeah, it does, does, does not look good for, for, for Chicharito right now.
1: No, and it's unfortunate because I think a couple months ago there was um, a friendly that Mexico could have called him up for. Yeah, um, yeah. Not even the Continental Classico, like one before that. But that would have been great, just closing the cycle before a new competitive cycle kicks off um, with Mexico. I think having him be in an in, in actual competition open up the kind of worms that is – not likely to happen, but yeah. I he should be given that chance to say goodbye. I think it, it's undeniable the contributions he gave to L3, like maximum gold score. There's whether you like the player or not, it's yeah, it's undeniable what he's done. So, given that chance would be great. And if it's not on the field playing, having something commemorative, yeah, it be a ceremony prior to kickoff. It's not ideal and it's not the same, but
0: he, just, d- you know, yeah, he does like he does like a uh, Twitch, maybe just a <laughs> an yeah. Xbox oh, or PlayStation, Xbox or PlayStation controller with a, yeah. a space on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 no, but all serious. Hopefully, hopefully, Teacher recovers and he, you know, comes back and, you know, um, yeah, still has an impact on the field. Uh, all right, Lizzie, we got a couple minutes left here, so let's dive into Golub America reportedly at least according uh, from from my end of the espn world um my colleague jeff Carlo he wrote that america have uh are, are looking into i guess i should say greg Burhalter is in the running for uh, for an open position with gloob america yes. uh, obviously Burhalter used to he's a out-of-contract coach who recently coached the u.s men's national team still in the running to potentially return to u.s men's national team but lizzie for you do you, do you buy the do you buy this are you excited by it do you do you think this is ridiculous i know your thoughts on this situation
1: oh so many um <laughs> no i think i think they've definitely reached out but i don't i'm not personally taking it seriously to me it seems like a distraction given the situation i mean when you look at the context of the club as a whole they've reached out to a couple of their first options and they all turned it down um and so i think what club america is trying to do is shift the attention that negative attention of people rejected us to the most outrageous name possible have that be the narrative (laughs) as they try to figure out everything else that's going on personally i don't think Blue merigal would have greg berhalter and a coach who doesn't even speak spanish lead the obviously Televisa de- team. <laughs> um, hey, it's Mexico
0: City. A bunch of people speak English in Mexico City, right? There you go. It's a little... Greg, Greg, Greg would have had a great, great time out there. Oh, it's a very yeah. cosmopolitan and so city.
1: Mad. Just not as a coach. <laughs> like, I'll give him, I will personally send over my list of recommendations so he can enjoy the city as a tourist. Have the best time. Welcome him with open arms. But as a Cruz America coach, I just simply don't see a situation where that would land well with the players, with the staff, with the fans. I just, I think it's like a red herring, but I may be wrong. I do, however, think they reached out to him for that level of legitimacy.
0: Do you think he just like Googled like America coaching job? And was just like, and he was like, oh, it's open. Okay, cool. And then he just like sent in the resume, send the resume into like, to like like Globe America, but just thought it was America. Do you think that's yeah
1: just yeah, what yeah for sure it like,
0: it's like oh from so America <laughs> <laughs> so uh, reportedly Andre Jardine is also in the running for the job too. Chacho Colette, who used to coach Cholos um, he's also potentially in the running so those are some potential candidates for Globe America. Um the report said that a decision could be made as soon as this week. So we could hear something by Thursday or by Friday about America's next coach. So keep an eye on that. Um I think that's about it for us. Uh, Wait,
1: you didn't say what you think about Greg Berhalter. I'm interested. Oh,
0: okay. I guess. Yeah, we we got like two minutes. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I think it would be a tough transition for him into into the the Mexican soccer world. Uh, I joked about you know, you know. Uh, he'd be fine in Mexico city, but I, I do think that it obviously his Spanish would need to be a little bit better. Uh, and I think that would potentially be a hurdle. Um, but I think that this is something that maybe we should start to get used to though is like mm-hmm. things like this, where it just like seems like surprise. We're just like, wow, what is this American coach thinking about considering a league of Mechies position? Cause as we're seeing league of Mechies and MLS doing more collaborations and more games and we have, We haven't even talked about the Leagues Cup, which eventually we will at some point uh, in future episodes. But there are more and more collaborations between the U.S. and Mexican soccer world. And it wouldn't surprise me to see stuff like this because we already see a lot of interchanging of players between the two leagues. So I think naturally it would make sense that we're going to start to see coaches who, I don't know, take chances on. Um, on either MLS or Liga MX, so would it surprise me if Biojo one day you saw you you would see I him coaching? And... Yeah, yeah. it would. not surprise me if someone like that one day coached something in uh, in Major League Soccer? And that's why it doesn't surprise me that a high profile name in the American soccer world would potentially go to the Mexican soccer world. Would it work? I don't know. I have my doubts. <laughs> I'm really really yeah. skeptical about about that about that working out. But I would also welcome it just for the intrigue and the interest. And I think that that'd be incredibly fascinating if it were to happen. I'm not sure if it would happen, but I I think it'd be kind of fun. But
1: I don't think it's exclusive, like my displeasure at it. I don't think it's exclusive to American coaches. I just simply think it's exclusive to Greg Berhalter, how two operating officials can see the disaster that went on at USSF and say, we want that. (laughs)
0: yeah exactly
1: the other one um so yeah I think I would love to see like a Steve Chirondolo for example take Pachuca
0: yeah yeah
1: and that'd be phenomenal but not Greg Berhalter not not personally
0: all right well that's it for us thank you Lizzie thank Thank you you, you. producer Amy thank you to all the listeners um thank you to the Mexico press conference that's about to start in a couple minutes I'm gonna have to head out for hopefully not saying anything uh, too controversial and giving me a very busy evening and then that'd be a bummer and then we feel like we missed out something on the mexican soccer show as well but anywho uh thanks everybody and uh yeah we'll see you on the next episode see y'all around